Once a month, we check in with Ryan McCrady. He is the CEO of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance, working hard to retain and to attract jobs in our community, even in the midst of a pandemic. Ryan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for your time. Sure. Thank you, Jim, for having me on. I know you took part in a, uh, a Zoom meeting uh, virtual seminar on Friday through the University of Illinois Springfield. It was talking about the pandemic, the uh, restrictions being placed on local businesses, particularly bars and restaurants. We heard from some, some local restaurateurs about what they're going through. And you were part of that as well, talking about the impact on the community from, from these restrictions and the mandates that are being put down there. Uh, and I know it, it was a... You you know, a long and very detailed uh, uh, presentation. I'm going to ask for the condensed version of it. Uh, I think, you know, people obviously understand that none of this is good for our local economy, but but put it in some real world terms for us. How hard is this going to hit? Sure. Well, we uh, we subscribe to a service called Jobs EQ, which is a, a Internet based uh, data analysis software that keeps an eye on labor market trends, which is a very important part of the work that we do. Um, part of that is they have developed a forecasting model that they use to try to forecast the impacts of different types of mitigations and other decisions that are being made by uh, government leaders and public health professionals. And so when I offer this information, I just want to say this is not an opinion of mine on whether the mitigations are correct or incorrect. I am not a health professional. That's not at all what I'm saying. But based on what the forecast model shows us is as we move into these additional mitigations, there will be a reduction of employment positions in the community. And so we specifically looked at uh, accommodations and food services, as we've seen those as uh, an industry that we can track directly with the mitigations. And the forecast module was showing a reduction of about 825 positions in that industry going into the first quarter of 2021. Um, Now, of course, uh, the module also anticipates recovery of the economy through vaccines or other methods and shows those jobs coming back. But initially, it does show a reduction of about 825 positions and accommodations in food services and about 225 positions in retail trade also here in our metropolitan area. And Ryan, what, can, you, can you put that in, in a, a, a perspective in terms of what percentage is that of the total workforce in those industries or the total workforce locally? It looks like the total workforce locally is about uh, uh, currently just less than about 12,000 individuals in the retail trade industry. And on the accommodations and food service, it's, you know, almost about 9,500 individuals. Uh, So I guess for the accommodations and food services, it's not quite a 10% reduction. But, you know, this is a further reduction from where we were before the pandemic. Um, And so it, it... the difficult thing with these module models, Jim, is that most models are based on decades and decades of data. And, you know, even though this has been a very long eight months, in the sense of building forecasting models, eight months of data is not a lot of data to use to build a forecasting model. 
and we haven't really been through this before. So, yeah, figuring out where it goes from here uh, is is enormously yeah. challenging. And it's got to be challenging, too, right. for the people you're dealing with day in and day out or, you know, certainly would have been were it not for the pandemic. The people who may be looking at expanding companies, building new factories, mm-hmm. bringing uh, workers into the area here. It's got to be hard for them to make predictions, too. So how is that impacting the ability to do what you would ordinarily be doing in your position at the Growth Alliance? Yeah, you know, it's difficult because most of the things that, that are impacting us are completely out of our control in many ways. Um, when I say we, I mean the business community for some of them. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. We, we still probably have half a dozen of viable uh, business attraction projects that we're working, and they're across a number of different industries. So the, the, in the last couple months, the phone really started ringing, and we started seeing a lot of movement um, on the business attraction side, inquiries about sites. And what we don't know if, if that's because that there's some anticipation of a recovery, or uh, I think part of that is these historically low interest rates. I think at some point, a business just has to make a decision to go forward. And if they're fortunate enough to be in an industry that's not felt a big negative impact due to the pandemic. They're probably in a position to start start doing some things. So that, that is that is promising that we're still getting those calls. It, it's weird to think about it in these terms, but is it potentially an advantage? And I know it doesn't feel like it to the people who are right in the middle of this, but potentially an advantage for a company that might want to come in to have literally hundreds of workers who may be displaced, who may be needing work to be able to fill out positions for a company that would want to relocate here. So it's interesting you say that because the number one most important thing that businesses look at when picking a location is workforce opportunities. Can they get the workers? Uh, What is the cost of labor for the job that they need themselves? Is there a good training system in place to, to develop talent for the long term? For their business. And so I, I do wonder if they're not measuring movements in the labor market. I mean, if I have access to this data, so do a whole lot of other people. <clears throat> so it could be, it could be, I don't know, but workforce analysis is a big, big component in site selection. Uh, we hear a lot about mitigations in terms of slowing the spread of the virus and trying to prevent the the public health damage. What's out there that could be a mitigation for the economic damage, for the job losses? What would it take to minimize the impact or to allow for a more rapid recovery? Well, uh, one of the things that helped minimize the impact in the early stages of the pandemic was the stimulus plans that were passed. And once again, I'm not interested in having a political discussion about that. But when you t- when you look at the individuals that have been uh, whose employments have been negatively impacted, um, a lot of those individuals are, are probably in the closer to the average or lower than average wage. And any kind of funds that those individuals get, they spend a much higher percentage of that of those funds than people who are of a higher income level. So, um, based on some estimates I heard from. Uh, Professor Chris at UIS, that it looked like 75 to 80 percent or more of that of that stimulus money was actually spent back into the economy. Um, I, I do think the uh, the existence of that stimulus created somewhat of a false floor in the economic impact of it. So anything that can be done to continue that to help out people that are whose jobs are negatively impacted because of the pandemic will help you know will help you know lessen the economic impact. Going forward, on the business side of things, the city of Springfield now 
has their, their, their business grant program up and running. That will be helpful for them. Um, also, a big, big part of consumer spending is psychological. You know, we, the, the deliberate decisions we all make on where we buy things and how we buy things and what we do, a big, big component of consumer spending is psychological. And so we, as citizens of our own community, do have some control over that. And so if we can, you know, consciously make decisions to, to support local organizations and businesses the best we can right now, it, that will help also. Ryan McCready here, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance, and and Ryan, you have uh, emphatically stated that you're not in here for political debate on all of this, but obviously, uh, stimulus of some sort for individuals and or businesses would certainly help to stabilize the local economic situation. Probably make your job a lot easier. Does the Springfield Sangamon right. Growth Alliance do any? lobbying of either state or federal lawmakers to to push for these sorts of assistance programs to to provide some relief for people who are really hurting right now you know lobbying is probably not the the fully accurate term of what we do we work really hard to um, explain the economic impacts of decisions or policy changes that could exist and to offer that information to the decision makers so they can be informed we don't do a lot of political advocacy. The groups like the chamber and other groups do that very well. So we do we don't get in the middle of that, but we are a good resource to explain the impact, just like we did on Friday in the webinar. You know, just kind of explaining the impact of what's going on and helping them have some the best available data we can give them, and when they make their decisions on policy matters and legislative matters. You talked about what might be ahead for us in 2021 if a vaccine continues to progress and we get uh, some help in that regard and things can start to reopen, that a lot of the jobs that may be lost right now could potentially come back then. How certain is that? And does it is it really a factor of how long the mitigations continue, how long a shutdown is in place? Can we reasonably expect that most of those jobs will, in fact, come back? Well, unfortunately, we use the word if a lot when, when looking at these things. And uh, knowing what we know right now, uh, feeling optimistic about the vaccines that, that have been announced, um, I believe that, that the, the most information I'm hearing is that there is expected that the economic recovery, when it happens, will be pretty rapid. It won't be the long, drawn-out recovery we had from the, the most recent recession back in 2009, 2010, you know, even – you know, for uh, two years into that post-recession, we'd only recovered about 50% of the jobs. It's expected that this recovery will be much more rapid. And once again, going back to what I said about psychological aspects of consumer spending, um, you know, consumers are looking and searching for good news. So good news will create energy for them and a psychological awareness that maybe it's safe to start doing some things. So it is expected that the recovery will be more rapid than what you would see out of a typical recession um, and uh, more of a short-term shock. But it doesn't feel short-term for these businesses that are trying to get through this thing. It's a long haul for them. In the meantime, you have had the Thrive in SPI program where you've been encouraging uh, members of the public to really, you know, serve as somewhat ambassadors for the local effort here and to be talking about the good things that are going on in our community. Is is that a, a tougher thing to pull off when people are starting to feel the weight of these mitigations and concerns about what lies ahead for the next few months? You know, it is tougher to pull off for a couple of reasons. One is... Uh, it's difficult to get 
individual's attention right now. There's just so much, only so much room in the news cycle, as you know. Um, but folks like you are very gracious to have us an opportunity, give us an opportunity to talk about it. Um, Thrive and SPI is continuing along. I think that as we get through December and into January, we're going to have an opportunity to talk a lot more about that and get more interest in it. But it is giving us an opportunity to get this up and running. And these advocate programs and things that we're going to be launching are going to be essential in that because we are going to come out of this thing. And when we do, we're going to be well positioned to be able to gain the full positive side of it because of programs like Thrive and SPI and other things that we're doing. Um, we just have to do the best we can to help our community get through it, the problem that we're having right now. So in the meantime, Ryan McCrady, how do people find out more about Thrive and SPI? How do they stay connected to the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance? They can check us out at thriveandspi.org. They can also give me a call at 679-3500 is our office number. Uh, also at that website, you can track down my email address and the email addresses of my staff. We'll be happy to chat with you and see what we can do to help you out. Ryan McCrady is the CEO of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. We always do appreciate your time, and we will talk soon. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it.